So good morning, good afternoon. I'm Bill Connor, and I'm here with um, uh, Brenner Nguyen, uh, operator and manager of Save More Automotive plus UVA. Uh, Dustin uh, Brown should be joining us shortly. And today we're going to be discussing handing over the reins of a running business to the next generation. So in this fast changing industry, ways of running a shop are also changing, you know, just like all the new changes that are coming with vehicles. And the challenges transition as well as opportunities can be really overwhelming. But in the case of our panelists here, they can also be pretty doggone exciting. The digital shop part is, uh, or the digital shop is part of that excitement of change and providing transparency and convenience to the motorists is what it's all about. We'll cover methods our panelists have used for continuous growth, what their plans are for leveraging the digital shop for the business in 2022, and even for next generations that may be coming. You'll take away some tips to put the digital shop to work in your shop. And as always, you'll learn from our guest panelists operating shops just like yours. And so Uwe, if you wanna get us started, Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Brenner, for being here. Um, Glad to be here. Excited. What, uh, what really excites me about this episode is th this is not really about process and, and theoretical things and conceptual things. This is about people. And especially if you have a handoff from one generation to the other, maybe even including having more than one generation of the same family working in the same shop. There's a lot of dynamics going on. And, and then bringing in the digital shop might be a good opportunity for the younger generation to take the reins or might be too much change, right? topic of contention, right? And so um, if you could uh, talk a little bit about how it happened in your shop and um, talk a little bit about the size of the shop and so on and so forth. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just start with as far as the size of the shop. You know, we're a 12-day shop located here in Plano, Texas, Dallas area. Um, at this current moment, we have five technicians. Um, one off-site service advisor, one service advisor and a store manager, as well as we just today started with, uh, you know, picked up a new service manager. But I think it's fair if I uh, just kind of can backtrack a little bit and talk to you a little bit about my story is I didn't grow up in, uh, in a shop. I didn't grow up in saving automotive. I knew, you know, I always planned on working for the family business. Um, my grandfather started Save More in 1963, um, and uh, my dad took over in the late 80s. And again, I've been here since, so I was, let me kind of back up here. I was in, I was in college. I was 38 hours from graduating. I was at Tolleton State University um, pursuing a business degree. I got a phone call from them. And again, he knew my intentions and what my plan was. So things, you know, things came up, things happened. He basically said that, you know, if you, your opportunity is here. If you, if you want to come, now, now's the time. And uh, I didn't think twice about it. I, you know, that weekend packed my stuff up and left, and left, and left school and uh, started work. And uh, I got a lot of you know, negative feedback from friends, fam family, you know, should have finished college and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, long story short, I don't regret it one bit. I make the same decision I, you know, I made. So again, not having any, um, not growing up in the business, not having any experience in the automotive business, 
I basically, you know, joined the team first day, you know, started out as a service advisor. And there was necessarily you know, no policies and procedures, and you know, there wasn't you know job descriptions. I was kind of just like, you know, what you know, looking at other service advisors and trying to copy them and follow them. So I was kind of just blinded, right? And uh, we were all paper, you know, we, you know, everything was paper. There was no digital um, inspections or anything like that. And I didn't even know about that at the time. And this was in end of 2018, you know, August of 2018, September of 2018 at this time. And so um, basically it was, you know, it was, you know, try, just trying to figure out, you know, the basic roles and, and, and learn the business, the ins and outs. And you try to you know understand you know what my job was and what my role was, and um, so basically how how Auto Vitals came about is is it was October of 2019 about a year you know, a little over a year I was sitting in a BDG meeting and Mr. Bill Connor was sitting in there and I've heard of Auto Vitals at this time I you know familiarized myself with a few other shops in the area and uh, you know started learning you know kind of outside. Um, what was going on again in other shops and what other what other successful shops were doing and uh, again so I heard of, I heard of Bill through the grapevine and I've heard of auto vials and I knew he was a part of that and so after that that BDG meeting uh, I walked up to Bill introduced myself and uh, you know told him that we were interested in you know going or I was interested in learning more about auto vials and going digital um Literally, you know, a few days later, somebody reached out from Auto Autos and we started, you know, the onboard. <clears throat> well, I should back up. I presented this idea of going digital to the store manager that was running the store for 20 years. Um, you know, but of course, my dad. And my dad hasn't necessarily been involved as far as a day-to-day, -day, you know, operator in, you know, 15, 16, 17 years. Um, early, you know, mid-2004, 2005 time. Um, he kind of stepped back and, you know, let the manager at the time, you know, run, run the business how he wanted to so presenting this to them it, uh, it wasn't just a you know take over one two three type of thing and you know let's, let's get the ball rolling i did get some pushback and so when i got this pushback i went to my grandfather and he hasn't been involved in the business since you know the mid-90s and he had my back he had my six and you know he, he's kind of you know like-minded like me and willing to try new things and, and, and do things you know do new things and so i presented decided him he kind of talked to dad and I got the okay and we moved forward uh, we moved forward with with auto bottles at first I uh, before you know kind of deploying auto bottles I, I spent a lot of time trying to learn the ins and outs of it I spent a lot of time on the phone with Bill just literally just trying to know you know the upfront procedures you know how the service advisors you know uh, you know basically you know how, how the workflow worked up front as well as the technician side of things so that took me about you know a couple of weeks of just you know a lot of time just trying to learn the ins and outs and then as soon as i got comfortable where i knew i could you know answer questions that you know we were going to have that you know employees were going to have i had confidence i could answer some of those questions um we went, went, went ahead with it and at that time i had the store manager was you know quote, you know in, in his 50s i had a service advisor that was in, in, in the mid 60s i had several technicians that were in their 50s or 60s so i can't say that you know there was i was the youngest employee i was 23 years old and you know being in the game for a year and a half and you know changing the, the whole you know the whole workflow and the operation in a sense it um i got a lot of pushback 
but I knew that going in just because of the digital shop talk radio, all the other podcasts that you guys done with other shop owners and, and shop managers. But that was that was that was common. So I knew I was going to get that. So I got a lot of you know ammunition. Um, and I got to give credit to uh, Digital Assault Talk Radio. So we stuck to our guns. It took two weeks. Two weeks, you know, putting tablets and hands and changing the workflow. And I got a lot of buy-in. Um, you know, most of the guys were starting to see, you know, okay, this, this, this can work. Um, I still got pushback, don't get me wrong. You know, there's still negative, you know, negative people within the business that you know, just didn't want change. And, you know, that's, that's pretty common, I, I think. But anyways, my uh, my lead tech, I shot foreman now. He was about it, and uh, he was willing to work with me on it. And you know, him and I worked together, and you know, he he was able to help me out as far as in the back shop, start start answering technician questions and stuff like that. And so now, well, what you know, January twenty twenty two, we've been we've been part of Auto Vitals for a few years now. Um, it has been absolutely fantastic. It's been um, it's been it's been a game changer in a sense, and. But there's a lot of you know, a lot of new things that you know that we're doing now that there's no way that we could have done without you know going digital. Um, so that's kind of just a little background um, of, of me and you know the story of how we got Auto Vitals at Save More. You're muted. Muted. It, yeah. I, I have to tell you, this is super impressive. So if I may, and you know, you don't need to divulge anything, but how did how did you convince your grandpa and how did he twist your dad's arms to to take all the god down and let you do it so again so dad it really hasn't met I mean, he, he comes in on, on a weekly basis and he hasn't been involved again since 2004 2005 time and, and taxi my grandfather wasn't involved in the, you know 94 95 was, was his end of his days up here and uh, my grandfather is my best friend um, you know, when I moved back from college, that's where I, I moved in with him. And, um, you know, <clears throat> him and I are, are, are very like-minded and we've always done things together. And again, he's, he's my biggest mentor, best friend at the end of the day. So I knew <clears throat> I didn't take advantage of that. I just presented an opportunity that, that we had at hand and, you know, kind of spelled out, I mean, this is, this is where this industry is going. This is what we're, you know, this is what we're doing now. And this change right here could, you know, be big for us. And uh, he believed it, and uh, really, I think he believed. You know, he believed in me, and uh, I think he had that conversation with Dad, and you know, it, it went well. Um, but when working for family, just you know, I, I I don't know, you know, how Dustin's, you know, went, but I, I've always heard, you know, horror stories. And working for family is not always easy, and it definitely wasn't. And during that time, there was some serious, you know, there, there was times where it wasn't easy. And uh, I don't think if my grandfather would have been involved would have been involved it, it, it wouldn't have went the way that it did um and now you know things are things are you know, great but at that time it um there, there was times where i can't say that it was pretty pretty every day it wasn't but uh, we definitely moved, moved past that moved forward and uh, me now like i said you know all the relationships are good and uh, I, I can't complain about it it's amazing amazing story thank you yes sir welcome dustin Apologize for being late, gentlemen. No problem. I got caught up and just stuff happens. I do apologize. They should let me back in, though. I was like, oh, I might have missed the whole thing. You know, <laughs> leave Brandon out there to talk by himself. Right? <laughs> but thanks for having me, guys. I get. I apologize for 
for don't worry. Don't, don't worry at all. Uh, but maybe we can um, ask you the same question. Would you mind talking about how several generations in the same business, how that unfolded for you and at what point in that process was going digital a part of it, uh, expedited it, didn't work at all, or, or how, how, was, how was it for you, the dynamics? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like Brenner, I'm a third generation in. I never worked, well, I did work a little with my grandfather, but he owned a shop in Bosque Farm, which is a little town south of Albuquerque. My father opened, a, I took over my great grand, my great uncle's shop. And, um, and then I started working in the shop with my dad at age 12. Uh, so first off, my father has always been like a kind of a cutting edge kind of guy. He, uh, he had the first eight channel lab scope from automotive test solutions in the state. He knew Bernie Thompson. He's from Albuquerque. So those two guys knew each other quite well. We called it the hot dog stand, right? So in this huge piece of equipment in the late 90s, and we're learning how to use the oscilloscopes. So when it came to digital inspections and kind of moving up and keeping up with the times, I didn't get any, I didn't get any pushback from my father whatsoever. Uh, at this point, I'm kind of more thumbs on the pulse on what what's happening in our industry. And, you know, you and Bill, you guys know I've been a part of Auto Vitals for many years now. Uh, I And I saw this technology and I saw the how it's going to better the industry as a whole, right? Just improve our industry reputation and everything. Uh, introduced to my father, who was a big part of the company at the time. And he just said, yeah. Take it, you do it. <laughs> I mean, he didn't want to get too involved with learning all the, all that stuff. It was kind of already halfway, you know, kind of leaving a little bit. Uh, but I didn't have any issues. I didn't have to argue with him. I didn't have to sell it to him. He he just he looked at it. He saw the value, and he goes, "This is definitely what we need to be doing." So it was a walk in the park. No difficulties at all. Well, he wouldn't send inspections, right? He didn't, he didn't <laughs> learn the program. <laughs> uh, no, it was uh, there was it wasn't without its challenges. And um, you know, we're talking about our generations. You know, my my dad, uh, Brandon's dad, and our grandparents. But if you think about just generations in general, right? I've got the older generations. I got some some uh, like boomer generation guys that work for us in the shop. Uh, Getting that generation of employee to see the value and learn the technology and buy in definitely had some of its challenges. And we would show the guys the why and what we would do specifically when they, we would get kicked back was I just called and sold this inspection, right? They'd look at the inspection and they'd sell it no different than if it was on a piece of paper. Uh, comfort zone stuff, right? They're just in their comfort zone and they're doing it the way they always did. When I started breaking down the numbers for them and we'd pull up the control panels and we'd see how many, what their average time spent looking at inspections and correlating that with ARO, 
that's when you really got the buy-in from those those gentlemen. And and did you have a good paper inspection process, or was it more like let's do an inspection after we find something and 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 document it, or was it already kind of a unwritten rule every car gets inspected even if it was a paper inspection? Uh, yeah, that was already beat into the culture prior to auto vitals. Okay, we cool. had a we had, we had a full check sheet. So we took. I don't know if this was the right way or not. And looking back, I might have done it differently. So I think about. Uh, so what we did is we took our paper inspection and we created our digital inspection based off of our paper inspection. Uh, the reason we did that was we had already had like a rhythm on how to inspect these cars. We already had this culture. They, they were already following the list in a certain order. And it was key to make this rollout as easy as possible to get the buy-in from all the guys. So it didn't want to really disrupt it. And we have kind of stuck with that for all these years. Why I question if that was the right move or not is because of the research and development you guys do at Auto Vitals is far more than anything I have the capability of doing. So I wonder if I was a little hindrance in our really taking full advantage by not taking full advantage of the inspections that you guys created with the amount of research you did. I mean. There's a lot of psychological research you guys did on these inspections and how to get people to click them and how to get them to read them and how to get the consumer to understand these. And when you're third generation auto shop owners, we have our blinders on sometimes as how the, the, the uh, population looks at it. Um, to my defense, I think a lot of that's improved a lot since day one when I signed on with you guys to now, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I wonder if I am missing something by not fully taking advantage of all the research and development that your team has put together and making these inspections literally sell themselves. So if I may uh, respond to it, in my opinion, and probably five years, I would have said something else. <laughs> but in my opinion, um, it's way more important that you get buy-in by the team than to be, you know, flying to the moon in three seconds and be perfect as soon as possible. Because the more buy-in you get, the easier it gets down the road. So, so I think what you've done is exactly right. But the challenge might be, you know, don't rest on your laurels, so to speak, right? And think it will never change. As long as you have a continuous improvement process in place where the techs give you feedback, how about this, how about this? And you and your shop meeting uh, go over what did you encounter or should be changed the inspection sheet? I think that process will take care of perfection by itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially and, the involvement with the techs. Right. right? And, and Bill tell us and, how to do it. And, and Bill and I, we were planning an episode. It was, uh, I think, sparked in one of the 
last year's um, end, uh, um, end of year podcasts, we want to invite a lot of service advisors and just present an inspection sheet and then let everybody rip it apart. Right. And then learn from each other, you know, how they think, why is that important and why not? And just make that as a podcast. And if it takes off and it's well embraced, we're probably going to do more of those and go deeper into details because I think there is no perfect inspection sheet. That's the beauty about the digital. You don't need to go to a printer and say, I want to change this line. Can you print another 500 inspection sheets for me? Right. You just do it digitally in what half a minute. And, and so you can constantly improve, uh, but learning what I have learned through working with so many customers is the absolute most important thing is by and by the team. Otherwise you get this, even if you yell at them and, and pull the bus card, right? They might improve for a week. And the, but then it goes down to how it was before, right? So it's really the most important thing is buying. So the question for both these guys is how do they know when they've got buy-in from the staff? Do they stop complaining or do they go ahead and take ownership? You know, how do you know when they're really starting to dig in and get it? A comment. This thing prints money. <laughs> they start seeing results and they start seeing it in their workflow and in their paycheck. And then they're like, and then uh, I had the guy that does the great inspection gets all the good work. And then the guy that didn't do the great inspections, oh, they're going like, what, what's going on here? And you compare the two, look at what, his inspection look like, look at what yours look like. And um, and then they go, oh, and then it starts clicking. <laughs> That's what I found. What about you, Ritter? What did you find out? Yeah, same thing, you know, positive, you know, being positive about it. Because in that first, like I said, it, it, it wasn't, you know, let's rock and roll with this thing. I got some pushback on it. Um, but like you said, when we start looking at KPIs, and this is when I started kind of, you know, really starting to monitor them or starting to understand and learn about KPIs, I should say. When you're talking about, you know, average build hours starting to increase, um, you know, half an hour to an hour to two, three, four hours, um, little things like that, like you said, positive, you know, they take that. They start seeing these KPIs from before and after, you know, that was big. That was big. Um, you know, yeah, I think just, just getting positive, positive feedback from customers. That's another thing, especially for us guys up front. Um, you know, again, we had some older service advisor, older store manager at the time, and they were really iffy about it. Um, you know, they were, they were used to how, how things were being ran. But once those customers, you know, immediately started responding with, wow, this is, this is awesome. This is fantastic. And just getting that positivity kind of running through this building that, uh, that I think that's what, that, what changed it for us. Um, just kind of seeing the potential and seeing the potential it had, you know, we were just getting our feet wet with it and starting to, you know, see, see these tools and actions and, and use them. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, kind of like that, yeah. positivity is, is, is what I think it comes down to. Breno, did you have at any time some feedback by your dad who said we should have done that earlier or something to that effect? 
I, I have gotten some positive feedback from him. Yeah, yes, sir. He is he's 100% on board with it. He loves it. He loves it. And, 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 and so how is it today? Um, um, is he still in a, some responsible function in the shop, your dad? No, sir. Um, as far as just you know, making sure that the job is getting done, um, he's in here you know, on, on a weekly basis, but it's more for you know, personal stuff. Um, again, I do, I, do talk, I, do talk, I do talk to him about the store and about what's going on. And of course, I give him and my grandfather updates. I really enjoy doing that stuff, but he's not necessarily involved in the business. He's kind of like Lord of the Rings. Um, in, in a sense. Okay, so so you you are now running the the whole operation and and um, are responsible for the outcome. Yes, sir. Well, in a sense, I, I like to say this is a this is a team effort. Every single every single person sure. in the building is is um is a part of this. This is not a one man show, two man show, three man show. Everybody's a part of the show. It's in this building. What happened was, is, is again, we, we got auto models in October of 2019. February of 2020, our store manager at the time, he was run, he's been running the business for 20, 21, 22 years or whatever it was. He walked out on us. Um, and it was, you know, from other, you know, multiple reasons. And it really, you know, put me in the fire. It was either, you know, make it or break it, figure it out or, or, or you know. Was, was, I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, I knew what was going to happen, but I just knew I had to, I had to figure it out. And uh, that's what we did. Um, you know, we, we started rebuilding a team. We started, you know, really started utilizing the tools and understanding the tools and, and, and training um, and getting more familiar with what we had in front of us. Um, and like I said, restructuring the team. You know, when I first started here, there's, I guess you could say there's two technicians when I first started working here that are still here, really only one. But Anyways, it was, you know, just trying to get things in order, get things, you know, back on track and, and, and move forward. Um, you know, there was no policies and procedures. There was no, you know, necessarily job restrictions or anything like that. So putting those things in place definitely made a difference. And that's something that we've all done together. Um, and again, you're talking about buy-in. I think that's, that's, a, that's a huge thing is, is getting, you know, feedback from, from everybody on a regular basis that, you know, is a part of this, um, but was you know, definitely helped with the buy-in factor. Can I ask a follow-up question? How did you feel your personal growth uh, happened during that time? I mean, did you feel sometimes, wow, I'm in over my head, but we are going to plow through? So how, if, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think, like I said, you know, having my grandfather as my best friend and having, you know, being able to go home to him and, and him be my mentor and just, you know, you know, just tell him what was on my mind and, and get get his feedback. Um, that was huge. Um, and this isn't necessarily a plug for auto bottles or you know talking up auto bottles because I'm you know sitting here on with our soft talk radio. <clears throat> I really give a lot of a lot of credit. Um, you guys helped me a lot. Um, you know, digital shop talk radio. You know, Mr. Bill. He was a big factor in helping me move forward and giving me the confidence to continue to grow. Um, I, I spent a lot of time on the phone with Mr. Bill and, you know, on the weekends, he would come up to the shop and help me out. Um, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, like I was on the phone with him going over stuff and I didn't have that at that time. You know, I got a lot of resources now, at, but at that time it was really, you know, it's just starting to figure things out. And again, I, I really relied on all of us. And, uh, you know, you guys definitely helped out in, in, in a lot of ways. And so I definitely have to give credit where credit's due. 
Very cool. Thank you. So both of you actually got yourself in a position where you're actually not physically working in the business so much as you put yourself in a position to run the business. And Brenner, I know recently you had the opportunity to do it remotely and you have a remote um, service uh, person that writes estimates and repair orders for you. And Dustin, I think you actually go ahead and can monitor all of your different locations because you're a multi-shop owner from, from one space. So could you talk about how the digital tools let you go ahead and, and, and do that and see what's going on without having to physically be there? There's more than one, right? Uh, Auto Vitals is one of the pieces of the puzzle. It's a very important piece. But utilizing a cloud-based point of sale system that communicates with Auto Vitals is key. And there's a lot of them out there. We're currently on Protractor. I know guys that like Techmetrics software. There's a bunch of them out there that you could use. Uh, that that was important, right? Not having to go into the store to pull reports, not having to go into the, every individual store to look at data. You could just get on your laptop, have an internet connection, uh, boom, you're there. So that's, that was key to me to help manage it. Just looking at the technology we have today, embracing it in all different aspects. What about you, Brandon? What are you guys using? You got a cloud-based system okay. too? We just, so that 2020, February of 2020 is when we uh, switched over to Protractor cloud-based. Um, it was last year in October is when <clears throat> what we lacked inside the shop was experience up front. You know, again, I was a couple years into the game. Um, our store manager now, he was in the parts business for 10 plus years, but he didn't necessarily have uh, any experience in this the automotive repair industry. And so that's what we lack. And so this service advisor that I was reaching out to, he's, you know, he has up close to 30 years um, in the game. And so obviously, you know, he carries a lot of wisdom. And one of the ways that he was doing some side businesses of marketing stuff like that, but uh, anyways, him and I were had a sit down conversation. And I kind of proposed this, you know, offsite service advising idea to him, and he was all about it. And uh, you know, like I said, having the cloud-based um, POS system and having auto bottles and having you know the phones capability that we have now, um, it definitely definitely changed the game. Um, you know, so and also one thing that I, I really realized this last week, I'm, I'm reading this book. And this leadership book, and it's talking about leading from the back and not the front always. And when you're, you know, when you have people in place and you have, you know, I guess different leaders within this business, and you sit back and you look at it from afar when you're off site, you see things differently. And that's one thing I really opened my eyes last week is that, you know, you're looking at, you know, how this machine is being ran from afar. And, uh, you know, I, I like that. Um, so that's just one thing, you know, recently, this last week, you know, being out, um, being that's a, it's that 10,000, the 10,000 mile view, right? Looking that's at it. Right. From above. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. What you do up right with, um, having offsite advisors. It's a lot of talk in the industry right now about remote working and, and being able to take that. I mean, we can have probably a whole conversation about the, the pros and cons of doing that. And I recently was in a conversation about that. How I want to ask you a question. How is it going with uh, workflow management in the back and what tools are you using? With, are you using the auto vital tools to really help manage that workflow, right? When the offsite can't, hey, come take a look at this. I ran into this problem. You know, there's a lot of 
personal conversations that happen inside of a shop. And also the other thing is culture, right? How does that affect building the culture in the shop? Yes, sir. So the, that's a good question. So the offsite service advisor, he is offsite. But again, we needed that experience. So there, at first he was here for a period of time. And now he's here once a week. Every Wednesday, we have a weekly meeting. Um, and he is here for that weekly meeting. Um, everybody, as far as the tools within auto bottles, we, we def 100%, we utilize them, we use them. Now, do we use everything 100% like we should? No, and that's something that we need to do a better job of, I need to do a better job of. But we definitely utilize those tools for communication, obviously the DVIs and stuff like that. Um, but also at the end of the day, he, he can pick up a phone, he can make a phone call, he can talk to any tech that he needs to talk to if it needs to be, you know, go, you know, go to that link. But at the end of the day, we're doing that. <clears throat> For efficiency, right? So, I mean, well, he's not having to have, have to talk to a to a technician, you know, about every single vehicle or whatever. It's you know, you do your diagnostic, you, you know, you do the DVIs, and you, know, you can do your you know chat back and forth and stuff like that. But if there is an in depth conversation that needs to be had, you pick that you know, pick the phone up and you have it, um, you know, on, on the phone. So you use the workflow view, so he knows what repair orders are his to go ahead and take over and do, and then. You've got different smart markers you use, and then you use the internal tech communication to, you know, answer back and forth. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And one thing that we do, you know, every every morning at seven o'clock, um, shop foreman, all the service advisors, including the offsite service advisor, myself, we sit down right here, and we have, you know, we talk about the day, you know, what's expected, what's going on, what's coming in. He's kind of setting the tone, set setting the day is what is what, is what we call it. Um, and I think that that has really, really been beneficial for us all, um, kind of just being on, on, the, on the same wavelength in a sense. Um, and again, just utilizing the tools you know, the best that we, you know, we can, I guess, or we have right now um, is, is, is definitely, you know, helped. And is the service advisor also writing the estimates or is that, is that the show, shop foreman doing that? He is, he is writing, um, he's definitely writing. Estimates. Absolutely, yes, sir. He's writing the estimates remotely. So you have a certain threshold of a, a complexity of the repair order that you go ahead and push off on him rather than your other service advisors, or how does that work? Yes, sir. That's how that's exactly how it works. So if there is anything in depth, um, I mean, he, he does a lot of, of you know help with you know myself and our junior service advisor and my store manager. He's still writing service at this time. Um, so he definitely helps out. He kind of has a hand in everything um, as far as you know, tickets go. Um, but he does take, take control of most of the, you know, the more complex stuff and as well as my, my store manager, Hernan. Um, but as far as, you know, how it, it, it all, you know, how do we decide, you know, what ticket Robbie's going to work on or not? Um, it is really up to, you know, they him and the store manager have that conversation with this, when dispatching tickets and uh, when tickets get, you know, written up and stuff. Pretty cool. Dustin, um, if I may go back to the multi-generation, um, you and your brother have taken over operations. Uh, how, how did that work? How, you know, who is responsible for what? How did you divvy it up so you're not in each other's ways? And, and how did your dad, or I don't know how, exactly how the transition worked. If you could talk about that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we purchased the company from my father in 2018. And 
it was something that had to happen and I would not have been able to do it without some coaching advice. Right. So I want to just talk about that for a little bit. Uh -huh. When you're doing a business transaction with the family, it's very, they can be very difficult. There's a lot of emotions there, father, son, brothers. So we had the help of a gentleman named Jim who helped kind of facilitate that for us. Uh, and there was always that talk, right? We're going to buy the shop. Dad's going to retire. We're going to buy the shop. Dad's going to retire. Well, he got sick. And when he fell ill, it was a serious illness. And we were very fortunate that he was able to come back from it. And it was a, it was a brain injury and he's doing much better now. He's still with us. That opened up our eyes like, okay, we, we got to make this thing happen. Do I have access to bank accounts, everything? You know, we make sure we have access to everything and then go through the process of getting, getting his signatures and getting it done. So you sometimes events happen like that, that, that force your hand to take massive action. And that's what happened with us. So, um, and it worked out beautifully. So that was an 18. I love my father to death and I would never say anything bad about my father, right? And now here's the but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, our father was in some ways preventing our growth. And I don't think he quite understood this, how he was doing it himself. And I think a lot of it wasn't necessarily him, but maybe, you know, me and my brother as well. That father-son relationship, that father-son relationship that's been going on within the industry, within the company for 20 years. Um, getting, you know, instead of us, Nolan and I wanting to take a risk to buy number three, you know, getting him bought in. Uh, my father wanted to go in maybe a different direction or he would hyper-focus on something that might, in our opinion, be like, okay, this is a little, this isn't high priority focus. So there was a little bit of a struggle there that we almost weren't even aware of until he was officially retired. And out, and it was something that we came to light a little more as we kept moving. Um, we'd sit down, and have a conversation. We'd have a meeting with my father, and we'd go in with, "I want to talk about this topic. We're going to talk about digital inspections and getting guys to do digital inspections." And before you know it, we're talking about uh, customers and putting on another lift. And then we've been in there, and I'd leave the conversation. I'm like, "Okay, we still didn't solve this problem." <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so uh, him getting getting him retiring kind of helped us create some more momentum and get that freedom to make decisions. I can hear them spreading risks. their wings. Yeah, almost be able to spread our wings, right? We got out from underneath underneath the shelter a little bit. Uh, was it scary? Absolutely. Was it exciting and fun? Absolutely as well. Did we did we mess up? Absolutely. Um, 
So you're getting it, it, it was tricky. The biggest advice or anybody that was in my situation is third party assistance, right? And we had to do a lot, right? Your accountant, the attorney, and then pretty much a mediator involved to help help determine what is fair for all parties involved. And then of course, as a son, you know, I want to make sure my dad's taken care of. He built this empire, right? So um, but having like the, the CPA there, he's okay, this is the tax liabilities for you when you purchase it this way. This is his tax liabilities. It, it becomes murky. And who takes the liability on on certain things and who takes the ride off on certain ways, right? So uh, it, it, it was a necessary thing. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened when it happened. My father's with us now. He's able to see what we've done. He's able to be proud of what we've done. He's, he's excited for us. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm glad we got it done and he could see what we're doing before the inevitable, which is, well, we all, you know, our time is always limited, right? So. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And how is Nolan and you, how did you figure out who was better at what skill or whatever you used as a criteria? Yeah. Did you have to work? <laughs> that took a long time. Okay. Because <laughs> even before we bought the company from my father, we had the two stores. And it was pretty much he ran one, I ran the other, right? Mm -hmm. Getting into store three changed the dynamic of all of that, right? We can't be in three places at once. It's not his and, and mine. And it's not me doing everything to pretty much manage and run one and him other. And we have to now build corporate structure, which we didn't really think much of. Uh, so it took a lot of trial and error. Um, and looking at who's, who's strengths or who's got strengths and weaknesses in different areas. And what do you want to do, right? What do you enjoy doing? And that's very important. Um, and again, that was also some coaching, right? I can't, you know, you want to get involved in coaching. If you're not involved in coaching, get involved in some type of coaching, right? These, they, they will help, right? Uh, <clears throat> so we just, we, we, we look at it almost every year. Uh, we look at it throughout the year. But right now, we've pretty much got Nolan is directing operations. And what he's doing in that, his primary focus is building the job description for a district manager. What does that look like? And he's acting in that role and he's hyper-focused on that. And I stay focused more back office stuff. I'm working, uh, the, you know, the financials, the P&L, the marketing, things of that nature. So Nolan has operations employee development, I do back office, and I also do a lot of hiring. But my involvement in hiring is the initial step. So I will weed through the apps. I will do the initial calls. I'll get, so instead of like the manager going through all these guys, here's the three. And then I let the manager and my brother pick the best out of those three. Therefore they, the guy comes in knowing who he works for, right? Um, but having it written down also and sharing it with the team, sharing it with the team. So I'm not getting phone calls, hey, this customer's upset, or hey, what do I do with this ball joint press? You know, they the team knows who to contact for what issues they're having. 
Mm-hmm. So if it is an operations or a tooling or equipment thing, they are customer relation thing. They talk to Nolan. If it is a thing with maybe auto vitals, protractor, they talk to me. Uh, what do I do with this bill? What do I do with this invoice? Uh, I deal with payroll. So sharing that with the team was very important. Uh, that way we're, Nolan and I can stay focused on each of our tasks because each, each, each section that we're responsible for is super important. I can't take time away from what I'm doing to do help do what he's doing and vice versa, right? Or we're going to not move that needle. We're not going to get that traction that we want to get into number four and five this year. When it comes to recruiting staff, is there still a fear of your applicants of the digital shop of having to work with a tablet and things like that? Or is that something that seems the market seems to be taking care of itself? That's a, okay. Uh, it blows me away when I interview guys who've never done it. Like I just have this blind, I don't know, this false notion that every shop in the country is doing this now, right? <laughs> I just, like, why wouldn't every shop in the country be doing this? So when they say they've never seen it, I'm like, but you know, the dealerships doing it with their own, their own ways. Everyone, it's just, there's so many different ways to do this now versus when you guys were the, the leaders of it. Um, but no, it's, this is the way we do it. And we let them know right up front, we do digital inspections, we take pictures, you get a tablet. And I sell it to them, they get excited about it. And at most of the time, they're like, wow, that's really cool. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I take pictures of the four corners. We're not dealing with, hey, you scratched my car anymore. We're not dealing with all these problems that we dealt with, 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 um, with, uh, with paper inspections and not having that not having that uh, that trail of photographs. So they buy in pretty quick. So to sum that up, adoption takes place when value exceeds costs, which is a little <laughs> bit of learning and a little bit of time. Right, yeah. And I see the other guys do it. And my other guys are advocates for it. The other techs come in and train them. They're, do this thing's awesome. It's gonna take you some time. Once you figure it out, you got it, right? Uh, Ken had a question. Um, oh, well, we are approaching the end already. Dang. Um, Ken is asking, uh, what type of coach or coach service did you end up using? Was it local help or a national company? You can name names. It's completely fine. You know, we are not. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to advocate for transforms. That is, I've used multiple companies. We've gone through, my father started in the, in the 90s, you know, didn't have what to, you didn't have options to give now, but he did management success. Boom, next level, right? And then you kind of outgrow certain things, right? Then we did um, Auto Profit Masters, Keller Automotive based out of Colorado, right? And they kind of outgrew them. And then we outgrew the next one, which is Elite Worldwide, and I'm like, we got three stores. I don't know who to talk to about managing this three-headed monster. Uh, I had, I found this Transformers group, and they started it with a mastermind group with other multi-shop owners. And I was there just last yesterday and the day before. Had a fantastic two days processing issues. Uh, so the coaching at Elite, the one-on-one coaching there, he helped us buy the shop. We. And, and he even said, hey, dude, I don't want you to guys be in this. You don't need me forever. You need to outgrow and you need to grow and you need to find something else. And that's what we did. Uh, and then that Transformers Institute, there's the, the team that Greg has built and the company he has built there is, it is phenomenal. 
it is phenomenal. Um, and they have world-class leadership and training, advisory training. I just tried to put a, a foreman, one of my shop foremans in their foreman training, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're transforming the industry and they transformed our industry. So I can't say enough about them. Yeah, if I may add, um, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, from what I know about Transformers, that the focus is really to learn from each other. It's not this one coach in front of the class, you know, telling you what the best practices are. It is really peers collaborating. And uh, am I on the right track there? And, Absolutely. And that seems to be a much more successful uh, method um, than, you know, there's a coach telling like a teacher from in front of the class. Yeah, it is, the learning is so, you're just with peers, you're with people that are trying to do the same thing you're trying to do. See the same problems we see. How did you handle it? And it could be something as common as dealing with unexcused absences, right? So we had a big conversation over the weekend about unexcused absences and navigating that and that accountability level during the great resignation that we're dealing with, right? So we have issues happening in our world right now that everyone's dealing with, right? I want to hold this guy accountable, make sure he shows up and he's quick calling and sick all the time. But we also have this issue with hiring, lack of people in the workforce. And then you got people just quitting all, all over the place, right? So, um, so then we just have, a, we have an open conversation. Everyone talks about it. And, uh, yeah, I feel like we're kind of going off off topic, but <laughs> no, 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 I, I, can't, I can't speak enough great about it, especially since I was just there the last two days. And <laughs> I'm just like, oh, let's get to work. I'm ready. I'm fired up. I'm excited. Let's go. You know, <laughs> one of the things I hear from more and more to shops that I'm working with is that by using the digital shop and a workflow and going ahead and helping technicians go ahead and get that three hours plus per repair order and so on, that they actually, as they staff uses it and uses it effectively it's a retention tool where a technician that has been in that mode is never going to go and consider going to another shop that's not using the same toolbox does that kind of make sense yeah it does what do you think brenner why don't you kind of tell me what your thoughts are are you seeing that happening with some of your technicians right now yeah absolutely so that's kind of funny i i out of all the, I guess in the last year and a half, I have several applications sitting here you know, below me and almost all except one have worked in some type of digital um, shop environment. Um, but none of them have came from an auto models background. There was you know, a few, um, you know, they're all a little bit different here and there, you know. But yeah, I do like that, that point that Bill just made um, as far as, you know, employee retention, um, you know, keeping them in, you know, using, or I guess, once they get used to this tool, I mean, I think anybody can adapt, right? But I, I, I think that, you know, I think Bill has a, good, a valid point. Okay, and kind of, if you don't mind, you know, kind of backtracking a little bit to the coaching. The coaching has been, you know, the biggest thing for, uh, for myself and, and our team. Um, you know, we started with, with Drive. Um, you know, my dad was with Success Management, same company. I was with him for about six months. 
Um, I just felt like I just they had a lot of good stuff. Um, don't get me wrong. I just felt like me and the coach is we're not um, we're seeing eye to eye on, on, on a few things. So I made that switch to API. Um, API has been fantastic for for myself and I. And I think you know I'm going to continue um, continue learning as much as I can with them. And then I plan on you know there's other transformers. That's when I hear a lot of good things about. Um, so I think take some bits and pieces from each of these coaches. Yeah, like like kind of talked about Dustin is, is a fantastic thing. That's that's kind of what I'm what I'm doing myself and it's definitely been beneficial. So we've got about four minutes left. So I'd like each of them, if they would, share some words of wisdom to those that are out here listening that are either thinking about getting into the digital shop market or they're maybe in it and aren't using it to its fullest, some things that they can do to take away to actually, you know, drive success for themselves and their staff. One thing that really, you know, helped me was reaching out to, you know, other shops um, and outside resources and understanding how other people were, were utilizing these tools and taking advantage of them and, and you know, taking bits and pieces from uh, other people and then implementing them into our own shop. Um, that has been big. And, and then, under, you know, I can't, you know, I don't understand everything about auto models. I don't, there's things that I'm still, you know, practicing and training and getting better at. But I think having a good understanding of it and, you know, trying to, to learn how the system works and how it operates, you know, from the front to the back. Um, and, and just, again, having an understanding of that definitely, definitely you know, matters. Um, especially throughout, you know, other employees throughout the shop. So that's kind of my two cents. I would say don't let the vastness of what Auto Vitals can do be too intimidating, okay? There's so much that this tool offers. And a lot of it you got, you know, a lot of it's created for, for maybe for specific shops with specific needs that might not be your needs at your shop, right? Bite this thing one bite at a time. Don't, don't try to eat the whole thing at once, right? Just get the inspections down. Just start sending the inspections. Then start using your tags. Then start using the, the chat, right? And, and just use it as a tool that works best for your culture, your shop, and your environment, okay? So, because um, there's so much that Auto Vitals can do just like Protractor, right? There's probably I probably only use forty percent of what Protractor has to offer, right? But but I don't need everything at all. I don't need the P and L side of Protractor. I don't need the accounting side. I do that differently, right? So um, know that if you're doing the inspections and you set your inspections up right and you just take the meat and potatoes of this thing, get that first, and then start garnishing it. And keep learning about the new updates and start. I'm like, hey, we're going to try this waiter tag. We're going to try this parts on hold tag. We're going to try this little piece out, right? And then, then just it just slowly kind of becomes more and more useful. I'm going to get rid of my work in progress whiteboard. We're going to use the work in progress work management in Auto Vitals. We're going to try that this month. Let's see how we do. We got the inspections down. Now let's take the next step, right? So. That would be my advice, just so that you don't, just to kind of, like anything new, there could be a lot of intimidation factor there. So that, that really seems to help with it. 
Well, so we're at the end here. So I'd like to sincerely thank both of you for being here and participating with us today. You've got a, a lot of great information you shared and, and both of you have a great family story. Um, I can't wait to see um, maybe 20 or 30 years from now when the next generation takes over, if I'm still around. But if not, um, you know, we'll continue going forward. I'd like to encourage those that are listening to go ahead and go to autobottles.com forward slash radio and join us live by registering or grab a podcast by going to your favorite podcast platform and search for the digital shop talk radio, you know, expose this information that's from our great panelists. You know, we're at version 152 now. So there's a lot of great uh, podcasts in the platform ready to go ahead and use and use it to go ahead and get somebody else in the industry that's struggling a little bit to go ahead and, and help a fellow shop owner move forward. So once again, I'd like to thank you and, um, you know, wish everybody a great day and, and go out there and make some money and continue to wow your customers. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Thank you guys. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Anytime, Marty. Find me on Facebook. Um, let me I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my email address uh, in the chat. So if anybody needs it. Anybody needs anything, put it in the chat. That's a great point because that's where, where Brenner, he actually started reaching out to other shop owners and implementers in the Facebook forum and, um, you know, made some good connections. There you go, boys. All right, gentlemen, have a great rest of your week. Yeah. Happy you too. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye.